Hello, lovely ladies, and welcome to another episode of Zion's Company of Women podcast. I'm Lana. And I'm Courtney. And it's great to have you with us today. So, uh, so happy to be back in this space with you, Lana. This is, um, we say it every time, but it's such a joy to get to come back to this journey. Like right now we're in the Song of Songs. Um, last time we finished up chapter two and we ended it kind of on a cliffhanger because I always feel like chapter two ends on a cliffhanger and you got to really want to jump into chapter three. So um, here we are. It's finally come. Uh, we get to see what happens next with our beautiful friend, the Shulamite. Um, I feel like Song of Songs is following me everywhere I go because <laughs> this past weekend I was grocery shopping and I had, um, had just finished. I have a huge load every time I go. I have four kids. So it's, it's almost embarrassing. Like the amount of right. food that I get <laughs> every time. I'm and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going through there and I'm, I'm about to go to the checkout line and my, my eye catches this beautiful woman standing in the candy aisle and she has on this this shirt and it says Song of Songs, chapter four, verse seven, and it's written on the back. And I about just burst into tears standing right there in the grocery store because, you know, when you encounter this love and when you spend time in this book in particular, soaking in the the deep love of Jesus and the way that he pursues us and loves us so fully, um, mm. any, rem any reminder of that wherever you are, it seems like it just continues to follow you. Have you had any experiences like that so far? Yeah, with this I have. book in particular. Yeah, yeah. It's just it. It's like you and I. We've had these conversations right in the past, and even more so recently, just about you know how special this book is to us. And I think that you know part of um, you know the journey of our life sometimes, like we can walk in in the 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 depth of this revelation, and it becomes part of who you are. And so, I look at Song of Songs, and I go, "Oh, this is like one of my books. Like I connect in this book deeper than mm -hmm. than a lot of places. Like I, I connect deeply in the Word, but this feels like." you know, we're all branded with a beautiful life message. And I feel like this is mine, like the song of songs, intimacy, love, like that's my life message. And so I've had so many random, beautiful moments where the song of songs has just followed me. I've been at conferences mm -hmm. and, you know, someone will come up and give me a gift and it's something of the song of songs. Like it's just those God, I call them God winks, you know, where the Lord just follows you with these beautiful confirmations. Um, yeah. But, yeah, this book is just, well, no, we say it every time, but it's just beautiful. It's wonderful. Isn't it? It's wonderful. Isn't it? Yes. It's, uh, so let's yeah. go ahead and just jump in it then. Um, we ended chapter two. I'm going to read the, just the last. Mm, would it be okay if I read the last half verse of, of chapter two, just to set us up? Because I want us, yeah. I want to really paint this picture of what's going on for the Shulamite and then, you know, Jesus's response um, to her and to us. Because Within this book, I have really found it to be such a roadmap of what it looks like to kind of come into fellowship with Jesus, come into mm -hmm. that space of intimacy with him. There's so many things that the Shulamite does or identifies with or says 
or even response that I feel like I've hidden my face in this book before. Like, oh, geez, I have so done that before. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm being called out <laughs> in a loving way. Um, but yeah, it's so let's go ahead and start there. That way we can get a picture of really what's going on for her. So um, this is the Shulamite speaking and she um, the the bridegroom Jesus has asked her to remove, catch the troubling foxes. We'll remove them together. They ruin the things that I'm planting inside of you. And she responds to him and she says, um, until the day springs to life and the shifting shadows of fear disappear, turn around my lover and ascend to the holy mountain of separation without me. Until the new day fully dawns, run on ahead like the graceful gazelle and skip like the young stag over the mountains of separation. Go on ahead to the mountain of spices. I'll come away another time. And then chapter three picks right back up. And here she is, and she's trying to sleep. And she's, she says, night after night, I'm tossing and turning on my bed of travail. Why did I let him go from me? How my heart aches for him, but he is nowhere to be found. So I must yeah. rise in search of him, looking throughout the city, seeking until I find him. Even if I have to roam through every street, nothing will keep me from my search. Where is he? My soul's true love. He is nowhere to be found. Um, so let's pause right there for just a minute. And if it's okay with you, I wanted to jump into one thing that the Lord said to me today that kind of wrecked me just a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, at the time of our recording this, Lana, we're, we're prepping for a whole woman, mm. you know, getting ready for that to launch. And yeah. I know that one of my speaking times is cause I've really been sitting with the Lord, like, all right, what's on your heart for this time. And, um, he was talking about wholeness and he said to me, he said, Courtney, you can't do this life by hoping one day you might get there. You'll only be able wow. to do this if you, if you realize that you already are. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, that has to do with wholeness. But I also, like I was hearing that just over and over in my spirit as we were reading this, because, you know, he's, Jesus here, the bridegroom king is speaking over her as though she already is these things. Yeah. And yet she's treating herself still as though she's not, she's mm. not quite ready. She's not quite mm. there. Um, but you still see her, you know, night after night, she's tossing and turning. And I think um, how fortunate, how blessed we are to be in the time that we are in and that Holy Spirit is now indwelling and it's never going to leave us, never going to forsake us. But so many of us, sometimes me still, you know, in my thinking, have that tendency to think um, I'm, I'm, I'm far away or I'm, I'm not hearing him or I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And I don't think that that's necessarily the mindset that the Lord delights in me having um, yeah. because it, it, it puts a distance between us that, he didn't ever intend to be there. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, how often do we do that? You know, how often do mm -hmm. we, you know, live in that place? And it's just, it's so important, I think, to our, our perspective, like what you just shared that the Lord said to you, you know, if you're living your life, always trying to get there, I will live my life differently if I live like that. 
as opposed to if I live my life going, no, this is where I already am. There's There's a rest that comes inside of me when I live from that place. Yes, I'm still walking it out, but positionally, this is where I am, rather than feeling like I'm constantly trying to attain a certain place, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. And that that heart position, that heart posture of where we start from, um, man, I just think what a blessing the Lord has given us to know that <laughs> nothing separates. Mm-hmm. We don't, you know. Can, can we search him out on something? Absolutely. Are there times where it might feel to us like he's far away? Yes. But, you know, leaning mm-hmm. in on those promises, knowing that he's, he's close, um, always, yeah. always close. Yeah. Um, I think you, sorry. No, go ahead. You're good. There's a little bit of a lag. So I apologize if I am speaking over you. <laughs> Ah, the joys of streaming from literally opposite sides of the world, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we are technically in different days right now, ladies and gentlemen. So we're ladies, right. just ladies. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and let me say, ladies, the future is looking bright. <laughs> Very good. I'm in the future. So there you go. <laughs> All right. So um, <laughs> I wanted to just read you something Um as you have just um, kind of talked about the the start of Chapter 3, Courtney, I have a book uh, in front of me. It's called The Sacred Journey. And for those of you that aren't familiar with The Sacred Journey, it is um, by Brian and Candace Simmons. So Brian obviously being the the translator of uh, the Passion Translation, and they've written this book on the Book of Song of Songs, and it's like the most beautiful commentary but don't think heavy kind of, you know, you know, sometimes you can read theology books. I've been through Bible college, I've done my degree, and I have had many a times where I have read very heavy, dry theology books, and it felt like I was climbing a mountain trying to read through some of these <laughs> books, right? But this is like you dive into the most beautiful, deep well of just refreshment it just the way it's written Mm -hmm. is so beautiful so I want to read you something um, that Brian has written about concerning uh, chapter three verses one and two just because I had a stirring that there could be some of you that really relate to the Shulamite um, in this place so Brian says this uh, the Shulamite maiden continues to pray on her bed behind her wall of isolation. This is not merely one sleepless night, but a season of discipline in her life. This season is a time of darkness and separation for her. She feels the remorse for saying goodbye to the one she loves. How oppressed we can feel in times like these. Seeking him in our night seasons will create desperation in our hearts. It causes us to overcome the natural tendency to sleep, and in brackets he's put backslide, and push away inconvenience to find our beloved. Every believer will one day go through a dark night season where, sorry, when there is nothing to cling to but our Lord Jesus. 
Here are three different night seasons in our spiritual life in which we must seek the Lord. Number one, the night of pain in difficult circumstances as when David ran from Saul and Joseph was in the dungeon. They did not give up by concluding God's promises were false. In this night of pain, God will often speak to us in a new language, the language of silence. Number two, the night of temptation. In times of failure and darkness, we must continue to seek God. And number three, the dark night of the soul. This indicates God's presence being temporarily withdrawn in times of obedience to test and draw us out to seek the Lord in greater intensity. This is the title that the Shulamite gives Jesus, my soul's true love. Her love for him is strong even in the night seasons of her life. When confusion and restlessness enters her heart, she still reaches out to find him. There is no desire more powerful than the longing of a soul to know Jesus. Love for Jesus will break the power of a thousand sins. Once you've tasted the sweet wine of his love, pursuing him is all you can do. Have you been touched by an unrelenting passion to hold him? Your night season is designed to draw you deeper into him until you cry out, like in Isaiah 26, 9, my soul yearns for you in the night. And the reason I wanted to read this particular part of um, Brian's book is because I felt like there could be some of you that are listening and you find yourself in one of those dark nights that you feel like you're in this place and you really resonate with the Shulamite and, and that place of restlessness and that pr- place of it's it's almost like this, this groaning, this unrest. And in the midst of that, there is a real travail and there's a real place of pain that is also found in that dark place. But I really felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to um, encourage you that in that wrestle, And in the hardship of the night seasons, that there is a desperation and a a place of yearning that the Lord births in us, that that cry that says nothing but Jesus, no one but Jesus, like nothing else can satisfy. And I just saw that there was this deep place of um, first love, fire, travail, groaning uh, that the Lord was birthing um, within many of you in this hour, that as painful as it can feel at times, it's actually a place where the Lord extends us to meet us in a deeper way. Um, And I know for myself going through the dark night of the soul, going through really dark night seasons, it has been so hard at times, and there has been so much pain. But what I can say is when I've come out of those dark nights, there is a a strength in my love for Jesus and my dependence on him that is stronger than has been in other seasons. And so if you're finding yourself in that place, that dark place, and you really resonate with that you know, that tossing and turning on my bed of travail that the Shulamite is is talking about, you know, look at verse 2 where she says, even if I have to roam through every street, nothing will keep me from my search. And so I just want to encourage you that I feel like there is a 
deep yearning, longing for Jesus that is being birthed within many of you as you're walking through what what really feels like um, a dark season or a dark night. Yeah, that's um, that's so good, Lana, and it's so true. Um, you know, I look back at the times when, like I'm thinking of one in particular, um, I've talked about it a little bit before, but it sort of felt like, you know, all hell broke loose. There were so many areas of life that were just being pummeled. Um, and there was a particular situation with our daughter's health and we didn't know what was going on. We knew we were getting little snippets from the doctors here and there. Um, and I remember carrying my Bible with me wherever I went, literally wherever I went, because I had to have some sort of tangible something Mm. on my person, in my hands, on my lap, Mm. at my feet. I had to have something like that because I just needed to remind myself that Mm. Jesus was here and he was here before this happened. He would be here in the middle of it and he would be here through it and on the other side of it. Um, And so I needed that tangible, something that I could hold and touch and see to just remind Mm. myself of like, this is where like, this is my grounding piece. This is where I come back to. Um, And it's difficult, but you're right. When you do come through those seasons and you come, you come through that, one of the things that you learn, I remember sitting at a stop sign one day realizing like, okay, we're, we're facing some serious health stuff here. And Mm -hmm. I just told told the Lord, I was like, okay, if we're going to go through this battle, then let us get every bit of, of spoils that we can. Like, I don't want to come out of the other end of this, just battered and broken. I'm going to, we're going to come through and we're going to take as much from the, (laughs) I kept thinking of, of, of second Chronicles 2020, you know, where, where the, the angel of the Lord goes out ahead of them. And then all they do is they go through and they take the spoils of the battle with them and they have something to, to raise high. And, um, you know, I think that that's one of those encouraging pieces is when you remember that when you go through that pressing, there's oil there for you. Like whenever yeah. there's, there's things that have come against us, you know, the Lord is always there to pour out, to provide, um, the endurance that we need, the encouragement that we need, um, the presence yeah. that we need, there will be something available for you, um, from the kingdom of God to make effective in that situation. And I just, I just love that, that you shared that I love, um, yeah, because we don't, these are the parts of the walk that is not always, um, how, I don't know, I guess we don't always talk about them, you know? Yeah. These are, these yeah. are the valley moments that mm, I'd rather not go there. <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to talk about that, you know, yeah. but those are the real yeah. parts of life. Yeah. And it's so important to bring those conversations to the table and to go, this is what it it looked like for me and this is these were the messy moments and these were the moments oh. I didn't have it all together and these are the moments where you know he met me and just being really real in that place and I love what you shared about um, holding your bible on you I remember in a similar season of kind of hardship and and darkness I was walking through Um, I found myself feeling really swirly, like I felt like I was in this place like the Shulamite in the place of 
that tossing and and turning of travail like I need you Mm -hmm. Jesus like I I need you but at the same time feeling the the swirliness of the dark night like not only is there you know warfare in that place but there's just also you can kind of feel really disorientated and I remember going to bed every night and grabbing my Bible and literally sleeping with my Bible on my chest, hugging my Bible against my chest because I needed something tangible that I would that that just grounded me to go, no, this is what he speaks, what he's speaking over me and over my circumstance is my reality. Like I'm I'm literally as a prophetic sign, I'm gonna hold on to this Bible while I sleep. And Courtney, I can't even tell you the comfort that I felt in those moments, like just holding the word close to my heart and going, I am not gonna let go. Like I am holding on to the word and I'm not letting go. This is what you have said. This is who you are. This is who I am. And I'm just gonna hold it. Like I'm gonna hold it. And then during the day, I don't know if I've told you this before, Courtney, but um, you may laugh at me. And ladies, as you're listening, you may laugh at me too. But anyway, (laughs) I needed the word and I needed to feel tangibly his word close to me. And I needed to feel um, that that sense of like, no, I'm, I'm not moving. And so what I did was um, by the the instruction of the Lord is he told me to write the promises that he had given me for that particular season and put them on sticky, um, like post-it notes and stick them under the soles of my feet and then put socks on. And let me tell you, ladies, if you've ever done this, it is not uh, particularly comfortable to walk with sticky notes under the soles of your feet in your socks because they get quite crinkly. But the Lord told me to do it and he said to me, don't take them off, leave them on there under your under your feet. And what happened was every time I would walk, I would feel the crinkling of the paper under my feet and it would remind me of the promise of what God had spoken. And like in that season, that dark night, it was just, I know it may sound silly, but it was just this place of where the Lord felt a a million miles away. Like he felt like I felt so far from him, not from, you know, sin or, or anything like that. It was a wilderness season, but just that place of, oh, I'm walking on his word (laughs) and I can tangibly feel a sticky note under the sole of my feet (laughs) was actually a place that, that birthed more of that travail and that yearning within me in that season of all I need is Jesus and to live by every word that flows from your mouth. Um, So I just wanted to jump in on that, Courtney, because I just love that you shared that. I think that's really, yeah, I think that's a really powerful place um, to position ourselves, especially when we're finding ourselves in that dark night. That that had to have been such a sensory experience. Okay. That's and it's 747 here right now. So let's have a little chuckle about that. Yes. <laughs> he's taking he was taking you higher, you know, because at right. some point we have to choose like, is what I believe is what I read right here in my word, right here. I'm going to choose yeah. that this is the truth above everything right. else, whatever my eyes see and my ears hear and my nose smells or whatever else when when we let this be the absolute, this is the truth. All other things will pass away, but this will not. Yeah. Um, and I think that, gosh, Lana, like I love that because when you come to that place, wild things start to happen. 
wonderful yeah. things start to happen. I feel like that veil just between, uh, you know, heaven and earth just gets that much thinner. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I remember, um, during that same time you were talking about, um, you know, carrying your Bible and rocking on sticky notes. And I was saying I had to carry my Bible everywhere I went. I had yeah. a huge battle with anxiety to the point where I would wake up in the middle of the night. That was usually when it was the more, most difficult because things yeah. were quiet and I yeah. was still, um, and I would wake up in the middle of the night and it was like, it felt like something was just sitting on the edge of my bed, waiting for me to wake up. And then boom, the thoughts would start the worries, the fears, and it would be an hour and a half, two hours before I could get back to sleep and calm myself mm-hmm. down or calm my mind. So I got to where, um, I realized I need to up my game. Um, and I started mm-hmm. wearing my headphones. I would put one, one earbud in one ear cause I'm a side sleeper. So I put one earbud in my ear and I would play sermons or I would yeah. pick a podcast and hit play and just let it go. That way, if I woke up in the middle of the night, the first thing I would hear would, would be the word of God. Yes. That would be what would be flooding my mind and my heart. And it was so funny because I used to listen to your old podcasts. This is well before I knew you and well before I really, I knew Matt too. Um, yeah. And it never failed that I would wake up on one of the podcasts where you guys were on, you two were on together. And, yeah. and I started joking and like laughing with myself and I'm like, what's going to happen when I meet them one day? Am I going to be like conditioned to where I start immediately start getting sleepy at this time? <laughs> I just go right into that peaceful place of like, ah, oh, everything's fine. <laughs> so I'm happy to report that did not happen. However, I did think that it might. Um, but, but I hear you because there's, there's some times where it's like, oh my goodness, I have to have, you know, and I love if we look a little bit further down, you know, she is searching, she is looking everywhere. She is, um, and I love how Brian Simmons explains things in the passion translation in the footnotes, because she talks about going through the city and he said, you know, the city is a picture of the local church. It's a place with government order overseers. And she's going from church to church looking for the one she loves. Oh, she's going from church to church looking for the one she loves. And that in one breath makes my heart sad. And then the next makes me happy because at least she's looking for him. Um, yeah. And I think if anything, you know, over COVID and, and things that happened 2020, 2021, when yeah. so much changed, I felt like what really came to the surface at that point was, do you know him? Yeah. Do you know him? Do you know his ways? Do you know his voice in that when you're looking for him, you know him when you found him? Because mm-hmm. there are there are things, there are teachings, and I'm not going to get too theological or in, too deep into that, but there are um, places that uh, we lo- we think we will find him, and sometimes we don't. Yeah, he's not the one that's being, you know, elevated or whatnot. Um, but I love here, and I think that that's that the sticky note, you know, it's the earbud yeah. in your ear at night. I have to have that. That's that desperation yeah. of like, I know that voice. I know that hope. I know that peace. And that's what I have to have. Um, and I love her determination that she's going everywhere she can. Have you found him? My heart's true love. And yeah. then she says, just as I moved past them, I encountered him. 
Oh. Just as I moved past them, I encountered him. So there is that beautiful place of like it, you know, that one-on-one -on -one us and him. We move past mm. the expectations of what other people say it should look like, what what have you, and she finds him. I just, I absolutely love that. Yeah. And, you know, Courtney, I love um I love what you're sharing. And as you're sharing it, I'm thinking, I remember sitting in these particular um, pa like passages and I remember the Lord saying to me, <clears throat> excuse me, he's like, Lana, do you know what I what I see in, in chapter three? And I said, no, like, please tell me. And he tell said, me. <laughs> and he's like, she's driven by devotion. And when mm. I read that, when he said that, I went, hang on a sec, she's driven by devotion. But hang on, she, in, in chapter two, she said no. But then the Lord's like, no, I'm talking about chapter three. He said the travail comes from the place where she's driven by this, this longing, this devotion to, to him, like this, this place where I am like, even though I've said no and until the shadows of fear disappear, like I am, I'm, I'm in this place where, where I'm, I'm devoted, like I have to find you, I have to have you. And even as I look down at verse 4, you just read um, the first part of it, and then it says, or I'll read all of it. It says, just as I moved past them, I encountered him. I found the one I adore. I caught him and fastened myself to him, refusing to be feeble in my heart again. Now I'll bring him back to the temple within where I was given new birth into my innermost parts, the place of my conceiving. Now, in the um, footnotes of the Passion Translation, where it says in verse 4, refusing to be feeble in my heart again. Okay, ladies, get ready for this because this just like wrecked me. I was like, oh, I'm just going to sit in this place. Like it's just such a beautiful picture. The footnote says this, I hugged him and sank deep down into his arms. <laughs> Selah. <laughs> Selah is right. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Like the devotion that I feel, the that desperation that we talked about, Courtney, that, that can be birthed in those dark seasons. How loudly is it? Like how much is it shouting in those that that one scripture there? Like I caught him and I fastened myself to him, refusing to be feeble in my heart again. So refusing to let him go, I hugged him and I sank deep down into his arms. Like I, I held him and then I went, oh, I found my place of rest. <laughs> right? Like this that exhale. Yes. 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 Oh, so I just, I, I love that because it, it was just, it's a place of even um, deeper awakening, isn't it? Like it's like, it's this deeper level where she has realized, oh, I have a little person that has just oh. come into my office. <laughs> it's this real, real life, life. Ladies. This is so yeah. <laughs> very much real life. This is how things go here. We have little people at our home and they like to join us. They do. I love it when they do. Do you have any oh, candy do. there, Lana? Like we talked about earlier, do you have any of your candy? 
Courtney, I was just about to say, I forgot it this morning, but it, but it's okay. My little four-year-old Benji came and he gave me a big smile and then oh, quietly walked back quiet. out and closed the door. <laughs> so proud. So we're okay. He's such a beautiful boy. Oh. I always tell people, like, I could put him in my pocket and just take him with me everywhere I go. I just, he's such a, mm, he's so cute. So cute. Oh, handsome. Sorry, that's... Benji. If you listen later when you're much, you're very handsome, <laughs> handsome boy. Oh, oh my goodness. That little face. Let me tell you, it is hard mm. to say no sometimes. Anyway. I can imagine. I can imagine. But I did want to yeah. ask you one thing here because I love this part where she says, now I'll bring him back to the temple within this part always gets me to, I'll bring him back to the temple within where I was given new birth into my innermost parts, the place of my conceiving. And then I wanted to ask you about this because Jesus responds at this point and he says, promise me, O Jerusalem maidens, by the gentle gazelles and delicate deer, that you'll not disturb my love until she is ready to arise. Mm. What does that speak to you? Like, what do you see going on there in that exchange right there? Yeah, I think I really see there is this place of, I want to say like there's this place of permission, like there's this place of um, like you will not disturb my love until she's ready to arise. Like I keep thinking as I read that, I keep thinking about this place of process. I keep thinking of this place of there's no, like, do you know the the pressure that sometimes we put on? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And, And like, and just to hear him say, like, you'll not disturb my love until she's ready. So it's like this place of allowing what needs to happen to happen and and what needs to take place. It, It just, I don't actually have words that are deep enough to explain what I'm actually feeling. Yeah. But it's like this place of I feel like that it's like this place of um, guarding and and protection and process and and just this place of allowing what needs to happen to come forth. Does that even make sense? I don't even. Yeah, know if it I'm does. Making- yeah, no, it does. You know, I think when I what see that you- there, I, I see um, that, like you said, permission. You zeroed in on that word. I love that because that, that's definitely what I see. And also just the Lord's willingness to wait until we are fully, there's not a pressure. Like you said, there's not a pressure and you have to do this now before you're fully ready. He's definitely waiting for her to come to that place where she says, yeah, I'm all in. I'm, Mm. I'm fully, I'm fully ready. Um, and we'll see, we're coming up on chapter four, which is my absolute, it's probably my favorite chapter. Um, but she's coming to that place of of consenting. She's coming to that yes. place of really relenting and and yielding to him and to his mm-hmm. love. And so I that's I see a lot of that there. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves, not just as Christians, but as moms, wives, yeah. friends, to yeah. to be at a certain point. 
we have to, yeah. you know, geez, I felt like when I had kids, I was supposed to know everything. And then I realized I know <laughs> nothing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, same same with being a wife, you know, and I, I think that in my opinion, the more I learn, the more I study the word, the more I realize I know nothing. Um, and that's okay. It's, it's yeah. this place of love and acceptance that he has of don't disturb her until she's ready to arise. He doesn't want a reluctant bride. Yeah. No groom wants a reluctant bride. They want the bride yeah. that's ready. That's let's, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get married. I'm ready to go down the aisle. That's yeah. what the heart of a groom wants. Um, so that's yeah. what I see there in that too. Can I read you this just as you were talking? I thought oh, I'll just um, flick open the sacred journey and let's just see what Brian says about that scripture. And I did we nail it? We did. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to read the way that he says this. I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. So he says this: the king puts a do not disturb sign over her soul and charges the people to leave her alone during this season of renewed intimacy. There are times when we need not trouble the tender souls with fervent serving when they are in a season of sacred intimacy. Often we misread what God is doing with another as we do not have enough discernment to really know what his plan may be in the life of another individual. Oh, but when I read that, the king puts a do not disturb sign over her soul and charges the people to leave her alone during the season of renewed intimacy and that season of sacred intimacy. Like, Courtney, doesn't it paint this picture of the Lord is not sitting there going, oh, for goodness sake. Okay, everybody, just leave her alone until she gets her act together. Once she does, then it's all good. You can feel the tenderness of his heart, can't you? You can feel the protection of the Lord even in her process, like even in yeah. her coming to. Like that, again, blows my mind. <laughs> and, I, and I love here because he's talking to the Jerusalem maidens. He's not even talking to her at this point. He's talking to others that are around her. And I think how encouraging is that for us as moms as well? Um, mothers or as, you know, if you're mentoring someone, you're walking with them, let it soak. Yeah. Don't, don't feel that, that push and to, it must be this way, or it must, um, you know, are you, are you, are you doing this every day? And are you doing that every day? <laughs> not that those are not important but you get what i'm saying it's that that attitude of of let those seeds be planted and then leave them don't go digging them up to see if they've grown or done something um let yeah. let them be let them soak let that continually come in and allow the holy spirit someone said something to me it was actually in gardening the other day we were talking about plant spacing they're like leave room for the holy spirit and and i feel like that's what i'm hearing <laughs> leave room here for the holy spirit allow in the hearts of ourselves and our children, there's that beauty of time where things work their way in and he reveals himself to them and to us. And that's just a time thing as well. Yeah. 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 Oh, I agree. Um, I wanted to just quickly um, 
point this out because I, I read this recently. So in verse 6 it says, Who is this one ascending from the wilderness in the pillar of the glory cloud? He is fragrant, fragrant with the anointing oils of myrrh and frankincense, more fragrant than all the spices of the merchant. And I love this because here we have this place of, of intimacy and we have this awakening that the Shulamite's walking through. Um, and then I, I read in the sacred journey, Brian writes this, she hears, uh, perhaps in a vision or a dream, she hears the Holy Spirit asking her a question, who is this one ascending from the wilderness in the pillar of the glory cloud? The wilderness or the desert speaks of life on a fallen planet. Jesus himself was once driven by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil and proven faithful. Our king came out of the wilderness victorious. After the resurrection, he entered the glory, the glory of God, a pillar of the glory cloud, to sit on his throne. Can you see the picture of the glorified Jesus rising up from the desert wilderness of the earth into the realms of beauty? And then he goes on and talks about um, Psalm 24, you know, who is this king of glory? But I just thought it was such a beautiful picture because we will see at the end of this book, what does it say about the Shulamite? Now, who is this that is rising up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? And I just, that really captured my heart this time as I read this because it showed the place where Christ has risen up out of the wilderness and he has taken that that seat of, of victory, right? Like he has, he's, he's ascended, like he's victorious. And then we have at the end of the book, and I'm skipping ahead, but she comes up out of the wilderness, you know, leaning on her beloved. It just painted this picture to me, Courtney, of just that place of how much we really are in him like how much we really are in this place where we we live and move and have our being in him in every process and every part of our journey that we walk through you know like i just i thought i, I just get really happy when i see um, those tie-ins in scripture like i go oh my goodness like this is so exciting <laughs> um but yeah i just i love that like as as we are in our wilderness times and we come out of those wilderness times, like we're coming out in the one who went through the wilderness and ascended in victory, you know, and, and we are in that place of victory. I just, yeah, it's beautiful. beautiful. That's beautiful. And anytime we talk about the wilderness, I'm always reminded of Hosea um, where the Lord says, like, I'll, I'll uh, lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her there. And so for me, that wilderness has always been a place of intimacy because it's a place of privacy. Yeah. And I think that that's a beautiful thing to remember in this, in this space here with that such a place of, of privacy one-on-one -on -one with him, with the Lord. And um, just that tender, cause we don't always equate the wilderness with being a place of tenderness, but um I think some, when I think back to the times where I would consider them wilderness times in my life, the Lord was most definitely pulling me closer to be just, it was just he and I, you yes. know, some of those, those beautiful, crazy encounters are that the ones that happen in that, that private space. Um, yeah. 
I just love that. I love the way that, and I love that the the title over this section in the Passion Translation is the voice of the Lord. Like yeah. every time Jesus is speaking, it's you know the bridegroom king, but here it's the voice of the Lord. And you're like, all these people are now in this conversation. <laughs> what's going? On? What's going on here? Um, but I love that because I see, you know, you see the Holy Spirit, but you also see the pride of the Father looking yeah. at his son, who is this one, you know, just such, mm-hmm. such pride there of, of watching his son do what he did. And even describing the way that he smells, he's recounting his sacrifice. He's recounting the things that he's done, the fullness mm-hmm. that he's poured out for his bride and, and in obedience to him. Um, and I just, I want to jump down I love verse 10 where it says the place where they sit together is sprinkled with crimson love and mercy cover this carriage blanketing his tabernacle throne. The King himself has made it for those who will become his bride. Like that's the mercy seat. We're talking about the mercy seat, you know, the veil, like if we, if we think about the cross of Jesus and the sacrifice that happened, the veil that was torn from top to bottom, opening up, you know, that place of the Holy of Holies where his presence, he wants to be so close. He he desires that, that there's no more veil of separation. And he himself has made this for us. This is the place where we sit with him. We sit with him upon that mercy seat. And I just, uh, going to, you know, preach myself happy over here. But I I just think that that's (laughs) one of those, um, one of those beautiful things that I don't, I don't often start my day thinking, ah, here I am with Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) He's made this mercy seat for me. He and I are sitting on it. I'm just thinking, where's the coffee? Yeah. But, but I, (laughs) I think that like life comes at us so fast. It hit me so hard and fast this morning. And I, Mm -hmm. I just felt all those thoughts and things pummeling, you know, but truly when we, when I read this, I think, man, I could have started my day with that. Yeah. I could have let that thought be the one that I lingered on that moment. Um, not, not, not bringing any condemnation or anything into this. That's not what I mean. It's just, um, there's such a weightiness about this and understanding this is now where we are. Mm. This is what we've been designed for. And I also, I often count my blessings that I am a woman because Mm. I feel like reading this chapter, reading, reading things like this have made it almost a little bit easier for me to grasp and pull this in and understand, pull that close to my heart because I I know what it has felt to be a bride on, in an earthly Mm -hmm. sense. So it's a little bit, um, the the King himself has made it for those who Mm -hmm. will become his bride. And that's another message that I feel like when we started out this chapter talking about, um, you can't do this, this life by hoping one day you might get there. You have to, to go through life knowing that you already are, and I, mm-hmm. that's one of those pictures, Lana, that I have noticed in the Song of Songs is that the Shulamite is the bride. She's the bride from the very beginning, and yet she yeah. is becoming the bride. So for me, that's one of those those big messages that you see here. She is the bride, and she's becoming the bride mm-hmm. at the same time. And, um, yeah, I just love that. It's so weighty. Like, I just, I sit here and... And as I listen to you, I think, oh, my goodness, we could spend hours and hours and hours just on that that one truth alone, you know, like it's just it's so, so powerful to see 
what we have been invited into. And I think sometimes, you know, well, I will say this. Over the years I have had moments with the Lord where he has said to me, not in a condemning way, it was in, an, in a, a way that was inviting me into more, but he would say to me, Lana, don't, don't become familiar with, with what I, I have purchased, for with what I have done, like come deeper still. It wasn't, oh, Lana, you've become careless or, you know, you've, you've lost vision. It was this place of, you know, there's so much more for you to discover in what I've prepared for you and, and what I have purchased for you through my death and resurrection. You know, don't, don't become familiar, like keep that that hunger for more stirring within you. And every time he would say it, it was like I was being drawn deeper into this place of, my goodness me, I could spend my whole life searching out the heart of Jesus, searching out what the price that he paid for me, you know, so that I can be his bride, I can be reconciled and righteous. Like I could spend my whole life discovering the depth of the depths of that revelation and it's still not enough. You know, and as I looked at this particular scripture, Courtney, those words, the king himself has made it for those who will become his bride. That sentence right there, like just speaks to me so deeply about the place that we have been invited into. It's not this place that is just thrown together and kind of like it costs nothing, like it cost everything, right? It, it, the price that was paid yeah. for us to come in, the place that was prepared for us, my goodness, doesn't it stir this thankfulness, this awe, this wonder and this hunger within us to go, oh, my gosh, thank you, Jesus, and I want to, like, spend my whole life, my whole life discovering and worshipping you for what you have paid for for me. And it also challenges me as well. Um, it makes me go, wow, like how many times have I lived lower than what is actually uh -huh. mine in Christ and who I am? Like how often do I, you know, and that's not in a. And there it a, is. <laughs> yeah, right? Like it's not a, a place yeah. of condemnation. Yeah. Like no, it's just. It's, oh, yeah. Go. Yeah. Go. Yeah. No, yeah. I just, I'm, yes, yes, yes. All the things. <laughs> yes. Uh, I feel like Lana's reading my mail on air today. Um, but, but I think that that's, I don't know. I think that that's such a part of our renewing of our mind is not living below what he gave. You know, you talk a lot about Ephesians 3.20. Yeah. And that's exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine. I thought yeah. about that verse one day and I thought I better start imagining. Like I need to start thinking of good things so that yeah. he can go above that. Um, and that's mm -hmm. not dishonoring. That's actually quite honoring to what the Lord wants to do. And, and, um, mm -hmm. I love the hope that comes through these final verses here. And I love the way that, you know, if we look over in verse five, where Jesus says not to disturb love until it's ready. And then over yes. here, the Lord is speaking and he says, rise up, Zion's maidens, brides yes. to be. So there's Zion's maidens and then there's brides to be. Mm -hmm. People who are not 
They have not yet realized that they are the bride. They are brides to be. And part of me reads that here and it says, come and feast your eyes on this king as he passes in procession on his way to his wedding. Mm. There's something about that invitation there and those two things that all I'm hearing here is evangelism, 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 because in the church, sometimes we have made evangelism a harsh and hard thing. And Mm. I can't remember the verse that I'm thinking of right now, but I know it's in the Passion Translation. I want to say maybe it's in Hebrews where Brian Simmons talks about the evangelists and how they are meant to be carriers of hope. When we start looking at sharing our faith with our children, with our friends, with people we know or we don't know, um, when we have that this posture right here, you let it soak. You love people around you. And then you're calling people, feast your eyes on this king. This is Jesus. This is, look at look at this beauty he's done and who he is. And to me, I see that as the essence of true, true evangelism. It's inviting people into the hope and into the deep love that Jesus has for us and for so many of us. And it's a refresher. I think I need, I mean, so many times when I'm having a tough day, the Lord will say song of songs. Like come back. Let's come back here into this place and soak for a little while longer. Yes. Oh, I I love that. And I I want to just jump on this very quickly as we wrap up. It in the um sacred journey at the very end, it says this she's saying to the Shulamites to be the daughters of Jerusalem, the Zion maidens, come and feast your eyes on this king. Now is the time to crown him as Lord and join the journey of the bride. How we underestimate the joy that we bring to Jesus. Ladies, just think about that for a second. How we underestimate the joy that we bring to Jesus. This wedding day is called the day of his great gladness. Nothing thrills the heart of the Son of God like the thought of you. All of heaven is waiting to rejoice together with great joy when he receives us as a bridegroom receives his bride. And ladies, as um, oh, as we wrap up this episode, I just felt so strongly just to land this episode on that very reality. I want you to hear those words again. This wedding day is called the day of his great gladness because nothing thrills the heart of the Son of God like the thought of you. And doesn't that echo in your your heart and your mind for the joy set before him? He endured the cross. Not for the Courtney that gets everything right and the Lana who's going to get everything <laughs> together and do it all perfectly. I will endure the cross, right? No, for the joy set before him, knowing that, you know, that that beautiful place of, of restored relationship and intimacy and the beautiful place of the divine dance, like, my goodness me, we could do a 100 podcast episodes on the the delight of God for of of who you are the beauty of you and I think as we kind of have gone through three chapters of Song of Songs in every chapter we continue to see the delight of God 
the rejoicing heart of the beloved over the Shulamite and that this particular passage is, is closed with the day of his great gladness. Like the, the Lord could have used any other words, but he, he used those words. And that to me, wow, it confronts, it comforts, it encourages, it challenges every part of us, doesn't it? When you go, wow, okay, like, you know, nothing delights the Son of God's heart more than the thought of me. Let's all sit in that place this week and allow that to be another place of invitation to allow his spirit to really take us into his heart deeper still to show us again what he thinks of us. And the thing is, he never tires, does he, Courtney? He never tires of speaking words of truth. And no matter how many times we may get spiritual amnesia and forget, you know, like who we are, he goes, let me tell you again because I'm ravished by your beauty. I love you and, I, and I'm more committed to showing you who you are in me than you are in discovering. You know, I just think, wow, blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. And I just, as we wrap up, you know, I just want to encourage any of you, sometimes when we're confronted with such goodness, it makes things come to the surface, like that unworthiness that the Shulamite does wrestle with, you know. Um, but I think that the only way for that to really be dealt with is to just continue to soak, continue to sit in that place. Like Lana, like you just said, can you sit in that a little while longer and let, yeah. let some of that sink just a little bit deeper and see um, how much it nourishes on the way. So, yeah. So, yeah. So good. And then, you know, it's like a dream I had and the Lord said, I can do more in five minutes of you soaking than in an hour of what you could do in your own strength. So amen, Courtney. I agree. So lady. So, so make another mocha. And that's right. have five in more minutes. <laughs> Sit right. a little longer and let it soak. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, lovely ladies, there we go. We've hit the end of another glorious uh, episode, another wonderful chapter. And we are so excited about chapter four and, uh, and what the Lord's going to speak in and through that space. So we hope that you have enjoyed this episode, that the Holy Spirit has really ministered deeply to you. We just love sitting here with you and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bless you, ladies. Bye. We hope that this podcast has blessed you and we have been blessed by bringing it to you today. If you would like to see more of what Zion's Company of Women is about, please check out our website, zionscompanyofwomen.com. We pray that your day is blessed and may you go forth in joy and peace.